0: Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Chaffett along with my two good friends, Artemis Brower and Chance Scott. How are we doing, my friends?
1: Great. Good, man. Good. 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 Cool. Can't complain good
0: for it. a Monday. Can't complain for a Monday. Yeah, we're, we're coming to you a little bit earlier this week, but of course, we're doing that because it's conference tournament week. Um, East Carolina's trying to win there. what would this be their second straight or third straight conference tournament in baseball? Can't remember. Did we win it two years ago? I think we did. Ooh,
1: I know we won four straight regular season titles. I don't know about right.
0: That. Hey, but that's a good problem to have when you're forgetting how many in a row you've won. Um, <laughs> so yeah, here we are. I mean, conference tournament week, it's always one of my favorite weeks. You, you go into Memorial Day weekend. Always happens to be like, this, I mean, it's always the same week as my birthday, so I always spend like my birthday watching college baseball, watching ECU baseball win. Um, so yeah, all in all, great week, great time to be with y'all, and we we hope y'all enjoy this. The Boneyard Podcast is brought to you by the Variety Sports Podcast Network. Go check them out; lots of good shows. Variety Sports Collegiate, uh, we're we're storyboarding, and overall college football podcast like over everything we're, we're, we're getting one put together um gonna be debuting hopefully in the, here in the next month or so so um yeah stay tuned for that we'll we'll once it once it's live and once it's up and up on uh, all the all the streams i'll make sure to tell you about it because I, I have a feeling that i'll be on there quite a bit um we'll be on there quite a bit um the three of us so yeah um all of that's pretty good. Number 48. Y'all got a number 48 for me? Yeah.
1: Do got a number 48 this week. Who is it? Well, uh, so, my number 48, and I know we said not to do chalk, but I, I got to do chalk this week just because this is one of my personal favorite baseball players uh, of all time growing up. And that is one Torrey Hunter. Tory Hunter. Uh, Tory Hunter Played from 1997 to 2015, had a 277 batting average, hit almost 2,500 hits, had 353 home runs, had over almost 1,400 RBIs, five time All Star selection, nine time Gold Glove Award, two time Silver Slugger Award um, from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. So out there in the middle of nowhere. That's but uh, Corey Hunter, definitely one of my favorite baseball players growing up. So I got to, uh, that will be my number 48 for the week.
0: That's a good one. Chance, you got one? Yeah, I got one.
2: Probably one of the best closers in all of baseball. Um, Like Artie said, we don't want to do chalk, but you kind of got to. You got to go Lee Smith. I mean, you're talking about one one of the greatest closers of all time. 71 wins, over 1,200 strikeouts, almost 500 saves, seven-time All-Star selection. He's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, we're – in today's time we've probably got Kenley Jansen that you can compare him to. But no one is gonna be like Lee Smith. He was one of his own. He done a lot of really good things for baseball.
0: Love it. sure. Yeah. That's a good one. Um mine, it's not really chalk. I mean, I guess it kinda is with this time of year, especially being a Hurricanes fan. I'm gonna go Jordan Martin up playing right now. Um, where's number forty eight for the Hurricanes? Uh I mean, the dude is an electric factory. I mean, that that's almost the only reason he's on the, on the team, even though in the, in the second round, he was compared to Wayne Gretzky at one point, um, just because he, he was scoring so much, but uh, Jordan Martin. Um, yeah. I mean, got put on free or put on waivers to, before the season and then uh, cleared waivers and came back to the hurricanes and, and played 82 games for the Canes this year. So, yeah, I mean, guy like a guy like that, he, he can he doesn't mind to get into the rough stuff a little bit. And honestly, had had a career year this year, uh, thirteen goals, twenty one assists. I mean, seeing as he's only had sixty six goals and ninety nine assists in his entire career, um, I'll, I'll take it. So yeah, Jordan Maronuk is my number forty eight. Well, guys. Another season has come and gone for East Carolina. The The regular season is over. ECU sneaks in, gets the number one seed in the conference tournament after sweeping USF and after Houston dropped, what, two games to Cincinnati over the weekend. ECU one. takes over the top spot in the conference. Um, what, what are y'all's thoughts? We got Chance. lucky. We got lucky.
2: Um, that's Cincinnati Bullpen Blue game too. So we're very, very, very lucky that they were the go into Houston and win a baseball game. Um, but I mean once we once we knew that our hate our fate was in our fa- our hands, you know, the guys took care of business. I mean how, how you can be more excited for them right now? They're going in playing some of their best baseball into the conference tournament. and I think this is going to be really good for us because we're going to see everybody's number one. So, you know, we we got to be ready. And I think the, the guys know if we don't win out, we're probably not hosting a regional. And they definitely want to be back in Clark Reclare one more time. Yeah, yeah I
1: mean, for sure. Gordy? I mean, it's, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, right? And we're, we're like, you know, just like Chance said, we're playing some of our best baseball right now. We're entering the tournament. Yeah, we might have got lucky, but we're still the number one squad. Number so one. that means we still put in the work needed to needed to put in to, to be a number one overall seed um, in the conference tourney. So I think being where we are, playing good ba- uh, baseball, being able to make a run in this conference tourney, win it again, do what we did last year as far as getting everything going, get all the, you know, the grease and the lug nuts and everything working the right way to get this well-oiled machine turned into a well-oiled machine when it needs to be. Um, I'm excited. I, I think that we play very, very well in this conference tournament. I think ECU kind of put some of the doubters to bed as far as can we be a team that makes a good run again this year? I think they put some of the doubters to bed in this conference tournament. I do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the the bats have finally kind of started to wake up. They they go into these slumbers at times and the bats over the weekend kind of woke up It took them a little bit uh, later into games than maybe we would like at times. But um, I'm hoping that this this weekend we start seeing. Okay, let's see some explosive outings. Don't use up all the runs, but let let's let's put some teams to bed early, right? Let let's put them to bed and and run roll when we can. Um, save your save your arms, um, as as best as possible. And and I think if you can get on the board early and often, then you're gonna you're gonna have a great week. Um, down in Clearwater. So yeah, I mean, I I think that that's the key to success. I mean you, you got to win, you got to win the tournament in my opinion to, to host kind of like what chance said, but I, I think if you're able to, to really kind of say, okay, we're the top team here and kind of throw your weight around and, and put, put some blood on, on those uh, other teams. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're, I think you're going to be doing just fine. You, you got to come out and dominate though. Um, yeah. You don't want to play many close games in this tournament. Cause that's when you're, you're putting yourself through unnecessary stress at times. Don't do that to yourself in the conference tournament. You got to come out and you got, you got to win, and, and you got to win decisively.
1: I agree, 100. And I think we come out and do that. I, I think we actually, for the you know maybe the first time this season, come out and really flex our muscle and and show everybody, okay, it's it's postseason time. We're here. We we know who we are. We know what kind of program we've got. We're here. We're going to go ahead and flex our muscle a little bit and get right uh, for the, for these regions
0: for sure. I mean, for sure. And uh, go ahead on go ahead chance.
2: 100% agree. Got to win. A yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. And I mean, EC is 41 and 15 um going into the tournament. Uh first game tomorrow against USF.
1: What do um, we I I'm not trying to cut you off, Jerry. I just wish I remember what was our preseason predictions on 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 the on the win totals. Do you remember? It was a while ago. I just, I just wish I remembered what our, what our preseason predictions were. For
0: yeah, me. but you, you start throwing in, you start throwing in numbers for like postseason too. I, I think I had had like, did you
1: throw in postseason?
0: Yeah, like it, it was like fifty. I think I had like fifty six wins to make it okay. to Omaha, and I mean that's looking like it, it would probably be. I mean that, that's going to be high, but. Um, yeah, I mean I, I think I think we probably said close to 53, 54 wins overall gets the job done. I don't know. Maybe Izzy can go track that down.
1: I'm just I'm just curious. I just remembered I just like I was like, damn, I remember that conversation we had when we did We had program. a
0: conversation and I think we, we said we need to come back to it and we'll have to have Izzy pull those numbers again. I also feel um, like we
1: did regular season and we did a, did a postseason one, too. I'm not sure. But it, pro- that's neither here nor there.
0: I I think I probably said 46 wins in, in the regular, regular season.
1: season. Okay.
0: I, I was very bullish on, on ECU. Not um, that far right? off. Yeah.
2: That
0: far. 46 wins and, and you're a top eight seed, I, I believe.
1: 46 wins would have been incredible.
0: So so man, we had
2: a lot of really close game losses here. I mean, forty six yeah, probably it won't a bad guess.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like I mean I, I think I took like the average of like what a top eight seed usually wins is like forty six or so. Mm-hmm. Um I mean you play fifty six games. Um but yeah, I mean you you had a lot of tough losses and you, you weren't really there's only one, a couple games where I was like, oh, we just didn't have our stuff. We didn't compete that day. I mean, I go back early in the season against Duke. Um, those, Some of those games against Houston. I mean, you just don't compete. But outside of that, the whole, all Utah the – What's that?
2: The whole Wichita State
0: series did not oh, show yeah, that, up. That series, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you go from not really doing, like – Crazy! Um, I don't know. You, you, you had. I think ECU hadn't lost two series in conference play since like the first year in the American. And then you, I think, what was it? Back to back series. You lost it mm-hmm. here in in this season, and then you lost what three? Was it three series? Man, there's so baseball. So many moving parts, and um. I don't know. I love it, but hey, now's when, when you you you've been battle tested all year. Now's when it's time to go. Okay, let's stop playing around. Um so going into the conference tournament, I'd like to hear y'all's predictions. I mean, chance, any prediction on, on what's gonna happen this weekend? I think we went out. I think we went out. I think we're so, gonna get it started. I think we're
2: getting started early. Artie? go ahead.
1: Um, I think we dropped one. I think we, I think we dropped one. But that's it. I think we only dropped one.
0: Yeah, I, I think if we drop one, it's probably gonna be a a game where we drop it in, the, like that championship series where you gotta win one and mm-hmm. you, you lose maybe that. You lose that first game, and then you you win the second game to win the tournament. But I think if that's if we're gonna lose one, that's when we're gonna lose.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't see us losing early.
0: Yeah i I don't want I don't want to jinx it. I'm not gonna say that. I, I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to be blamed for anything. But I I, I want to say EC is gonna. I think EC will win out. But if you drop oh, wow. one, it's gonna be that last game before uh, the championship game. Um, but we, uh, we had such a fun time this season, listening to, to Scooter Rogers. We have him on the podcast. Uh, he sat down with us for about 20 minutes. Um, very happy to talk to Scooter. Love talking to Scooter every, every time we get the chance to great guy, great all around guy. Um, so. Without further ado, we're gonna send it over to our interview with Chance or with Scooter Rogers. Sorry, Chance. I saw your name, uh saw your name right here. But um we're gonna we're gonna send it over to Scooter, but first a word from our sponsor.
3: Let's be honest, you're here because you love sports. We love sports too. And our friends over at Row One brand love sports as much as we do. Row One Brand sells sports wall art, sports gift watches, and vintage apparel with ornamental designs created from real-game ticket stubs and vintage sports memorabilia in their collection. If you want some vintage Golden State Warriors memorabilia, they have that too. It's a sports collector's dream website for anything sports related. Go over to rowonebrand.com to check out their great inventory. And when you use the promo code VSB15, you'll get 15% off any item on the whole site. That's code VSP15 for
1: 15% off any item on the site. So click on the link below and go check them out. Low Run Brands, America's best vintage sports art, sports gifts.
0: This week on the Boneyard Podcast, we're pleased to be joined by, a, I guess now, a two-time guest. Is this the second time Artie Scooter is... I think this is the second time we've had you on, uh, mm-hmm. Scooter Rogers, Scott Rogers, play-by-play voice of your East Carolina baseball Pirates. Welcome to the P- Boneyard Podcast. Welcome back, Scooter. How, how are we doing, my friend? Doing good. It's a uh, lovely day here in Clearwater, Florida. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think you have many days where it's not lovely in Clearwater, <laughs> Florida. Um, That's a good point. <laughs> so, especially this time of year, I mean, it, it's not too hot. I mean, yeah, you might have to deal with some rain, but I mean, all in all, it's a beautiful place this time of year, um, for sure. Scooter, um, just kind of jumping right into it, this ECU baseball team been battled through the ups and downs, battled through the the final weekend of the the regular season to secure that top spot in the American Athletic Conference. Talk to us about your view of, of this team throughout this entire season. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've talked
3: about it a lot with other people just saying, you know, how much fight that this team shows year in and year out, just because, you know, this team has come back in so many games this year, they've had to battle through so much adversity, especially in the the middle part of the season, when you lose your top starter for a couple of weeks. And there's just so much about this team that impresses me so much. And I think that's just one specialty of this ball club, almost like that chip on the shoulder kind of feeling to it. But, uh, Yeah, I mean, this weekend was awesome, you know, being able to get that sweep against South Florida, to clinch, the top spot, and, uh, you know, that shows, you know, the dominance of this program in the American over the past few years, now that fourth straight regular season title, and, uh, you know, going into this weekend, you know, you could feel that the players knew what was at stake, they knew they had to get the job done, and even though they were behind in those first two games against South Florida, there was no panic at all, and, then especially on Saturday when they knew what was at stake, they they knew what they had to do and, and went in there with a force to beat South Florida.
0: For sure. Artie?
1: Yes, I was just going to ask, you know, kind of staying on the same page with the conference attorney. you know, this has kind of been our realm, right? We've dominated the American four straight, you know, regular season titles. And do you think the conference tourney is going to be a challenge at all? And if so, who will challenge us? I think
3: it is. You know, I've told a lot of people this weekend, I was talking with someone from UCF in the elevator today, and we were just talking about how, you know, this is really the first year in a while that I don't think East Carolina comes in as the true dominant favorite of this tournament. You know, everybody knows Houston's really good. Wichita State has shown that they can play at the top of this conference. And so I think this is really the first time in a while this conference is going to be wide open this week and you know even you don't talk about houston and wichita state you still have teams like ucf that can sneak up on you You have a team like tulane that proved they can play with east carolina a little bit they you also have a team like memphis that when you have the pitcher of the year now and dalton valor on that team that's a shot for them to get a first round upset so i think this is going to be a very fun week here in clearwater and it's going to be whoever comes out on top on sunday is going to be have a hard fault championship title
0: Chance?
2: um, I don't really have no questions for, for Scoot. I mean, love the guy. He's a,
0: what a wonderful man.
2: <laughs>
0: love to hear it. Uh, well, Scooter, then, I, I, I wanted to ask you, I mean, we, we've talked about – we talked coming into the season about the pitching depth for ECU, and that's that's going to be tested, I mean, this week. I mean, it always is when you get to the postseason in college baseball – um, I mean, Jake Hunter getting the start for Game One against South Florida. I mean, talk to us about uh, th- this pitching depth and who who's going to have to really step up this weekend um, on the mound for uh, for the Pirates to come away with with the championship.
3: Yeah, and you know, you talk about that pitching depth. I think that's the one thing that sets East Carolina aside from everybody else in this tournament because you, everybody has seen it all year. The bullpens for the rest of the teams in the American have not been very good this year. And so having that bullpen depth I think will be the clear thing that separates East Carolina from everybody else. But you talk about about guys stepping up this week. You know, Danny Bill has done that all season long. Wyatt Winsford shinkman has done that all season long. But you talk about Jake Hunter. That's going to be a guy who's going to have to step up, especially with the start tomorrow, you're going to have Zach Root, who has done a phenomenal job in his freshman year. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see if he gets a start or not once we get closer to the weekend. Or, you know, if we, let's say we lose game one and you're on that brink of elimination, you know, you're obviously going to have to throw your best arms after that. And so, you know, whether it's a bullpen or a starter's role for Zach Root, you know, everybody's going to have to step up in that role. But as Cliff Godwin has put it over the past couple of weeks, going back to that mindset Of you know, going out and closing out innings, which was the mindset that this team had last year from a pitching standpoint. You go out, you pitch that first inning, you feel good. All right, go back out for that second inning, close it out. And that's a good mindset because it doesn't give you that kind of starter's mindset of hey, I've got to go out here and get five or six innings. Go out there and get one inning at a time. And I think that's one thing that has helped this pitching staff this season, especially over the past couple of weeks. But you know, like I said, Danny Bill, Wyatt Lunsford Chink, and of course Jake Hunter tomorrow and everybody knows what Carter Spivey and Garrett Saylor has done this year as well so I mean there's plenty of options down there and that's not even talking about guys like Tyler Brock who's in the back end of that bullpen we haven't seen a lot we haven't seen Eric Richie a ton over the past couple of weeks and those are still guys that can give you quality outings whenever they come out of the pen.
1: Gotcha. And Scooter, you know, I do want to ask you, kind of comparing, you know, this year's team to to last year's team. You know, last year, obviously, we had our highs and lows, you know, started the year pretty dismal. We didn't went on that great run, that great streak that kind of led us to that deep, that deep postseason run uh, that we had last year. How would you compare this year's team to last year? Does this year's team have that magical run in them? And if so, what also makes them different from last year's team?
3: I think one thing that, you know, I'll start with what's different. You know, last year you had those big time players of a of a Zach Agnos you had a Bryson Worrell out in center field and I think one thing that's different between these two is you don't have that one you know dominant stud out there Mm. like you had last year and that's one thing I think that's a good thing because as you look this year you know with the all-conference teams that just came out pretty much swept the entire second team all-conference you had a couple guys on first team but you don't have that player of the year you don't have that pitcher of the year you have really good ball players on this team, and they all play together. And when they do that, everybody has seen that this team could have a lot of success. So to answer your first question, yes, I think this team definitely has what it takes to make a deep postseason run because this team plays together and there's so much selflessness as Cliff Goblin puts it on this team. Yeah.
0: For sure. Sorry, I, I thought my internet went out there for a second. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this team has shown that I mean, different guys have stepped up at at different times throughout the season. Um, Now, one guy that's kind of been, I mean, red hot lately, and he's a friend of the podcast, Josh Moylan. Um, Talk about what he brings to this team. I mean, I I feel like he's really vaulted himself into, I mean, high high pick potential in in the MLB draft. Uh, talk, Talk about Josh Moylan a little bit more.
3: Yeah, Josh is, uh, you know, as you said, he's been very hot as of late. Um, You know, he always brings that power aspect to the plate. You know, we talk about Moylan. We talk about Alec Makarevich. Every time they step into the box, they have that power potential from them. But when you have a guy that's hot with that power potential, that's obviously a good thing. And everyone saw what Moylan did his freshman year, especially at the end of the year, had a really good postseason during that regional run, had a really good freshman year overall, and – now that he's starting to get back into the field of things, we've seen that since the beginning of the year. You know, he's been a pretty consistent hitter this season. Um, but as you said, he's turned it on over the past couple of weeks. And so if you can get him hot, you know, obviously defense has been really good with him at first base as well. And, you know, as we've seen in this conference, having a good defense is a very key thing because there's not a lot of good defenses in this conference right now. And so I think that's that's one thing with Josh Moilan. His defense has been good. That offense is starting to to really pick up. And as as we have said, me and Coach O have said this when Josh Moylan's hot, that's a dangerous first baseman you
1: have. And Scooter, I, I do kind of want to ask you, you know, the, the thorn in our side this season has been Campbell, right? That's that's been the one team that's been excellent that we just haven't been able to get over on. Um kind of want to ask you, pick your brain a little bit about about them. Why do you think we weren't able to get over the hump when it came to playing Campbell? Because all those games were phenomenal. They were close, but we mm-hmm. just we just couldn't get it done. So what do you what do you think went into that?
3: I don't know, man. That that Campbell team is really good. I think, you know, they are, they are clearly a team that could make a deep postseason run this year. Um, you know, they've just got so much hitting in that lineup. And I think that's – it's it showed in the games. You know, with them being one-run games, they've just out-hit us a little bit in those games. But they were – all of them were such fun games to be a part of. I mean, you had an extra inning game back in February. You had the – I think it was 2-1 when they played in Fayetteville. And then, of course, that crazy game last week. In Greenville. But, you know, that Campbell team is there. I think Campbell and East Carolina are so even. They've played, they've showed that in the games they've played. And, you know, that's a game, obviously, they've beaten us three times. But, you know, if East Carolina were to play them, let's say, four or five more times this year, East Carolina, I think, would win at least three of those games. I think just then those games, they just played a little bit better than East Carolina did. Not by much, just a tad bit better. Uh, but that's a, uh, that's a postseason matchup. You know, let's say those two met in a regional. I mean, what an atmosphere that yeah. would be in the postseason with weekend guys throwing in it. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the Camels do in the postseason because, I mean, last year they got sent to Tennessee in that regional. And so I think a big thing on how they do is going to be see – is to be where they get sent this year.
1: Thanks.
0: Now – Scooter, you're, you're in Florida. I mean, have, have you got a chance to go out on the beach yet and, and get some relaxation <laughs> Clearwater, time? <man>. water. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: have not made it out onto the beach yet. Uh, we had practice earlier today, so I was out in the sun for a big, good bit watching us practice and uh, doing some interviews with the guys and stuff. But uh, I've not made it out there yet. We ventured out last night in Clearwater. Going to do that in a little bit here. Uh, one cool thing is all the – Corey Glore actually sets this up Every year he gets all the radio guys and also all the sports information directors from all the teams together. We go out the night before the tournament and have, you know, a drink or two and have dinner together, which is cool. Cause you get to see all the people throughout the year. Everybody gets to talk about, you know, what's wrong with their team at the moment, what's good with their team, what they think about the tournament. And so that's uh that's one good thing. Cause you know, SIDs and, and radio announcers, it's almost like a fraternity. Almost everybody's so close. Everybody knows each other and, when you get a whole bunch of, them of of them together, it's really fun.
1: Awesome, and you know, kind of kind of running off of that. Like you, you've been in the booth now for, for a few years. Are there any traditions that you do? Anything? Any any must dos when you're out of town or on the road? Or even before an ECU game, what what are some of the traditions that Scooter's doing?
3: One of the things that I have done, especially on road trips, is I always try to eat at at least one local restaurant to get that local flavor. Yeah, just the, just the experience because you never know. You know, if you're ever going to be back, like this year we went to Cincinnati, more than likely we'll never get to go back to Cincinnati. Uh, Houston's another one, which, I mean, we probably will never, ever go back to Houston the way it looks. And so just being able to do that this week here in Clearwater, uh, since we're 30 minutes away from Tropicana Field, the Tampa Bay Rays are home all week. So one of these off days this week, we're going to try to get over there to see a game. Um, you know, when we were in Houston this year, went and saw opening night with the Astros and White Sox. Uh, when we were in Cincinnati, went to a Reds game. And just being able to take advantage of those opportunities because you never know when you're going to be able to say you went to opening day, again, for Major League right. Baseball when you went to a Cincinnati Reds game. And so just try to take advantage of every opportunity you get on these road trips. Awesome.
0: For sure. And, you, you know, we're foodies on, on this podcast. So yeah, we are. Uh, be- best food uh in, in the conference that you've had so far and then i gotta ask mm. in cincinnati did you did you go to skyline did you get the chili on on your on your spaghetti <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: it's,
0: it's no, <laughs> no uh no
3: no skyline chili for uh me uh I, I, my stomach starts to turn as soon as i look at it it's just just <laughs> not my thing uh best food in the conference that's a uh that's an interesting one. Obviously, we went to Cincinnati and Houston this year, uh, South Florida this past week. Of course, went to all the other trips last year. That one's uh, that's an interesting one. Um, it's really a toss up. I mean, I haven't had a bad place anywhere. Now, it's not really in the conference, but here in Clearwater is hard to beat because there's so many options that you can get. And if I had to, if I had to top it out at the end of the year, I think Clearwater would probably be at the top of the list. Ooh. Okay, okay, yep for sure. We, we all we all have a spot here in Clearwater. It's called the Brown boxer. It is the it's kind of like a tiebreakers uh almost old old cool's field like back in Greenville. Well, don't say so, we uh, started on
0: Oak oh, no.
3: <laughs> It's it's got that feel to it and so it, it makes us feel right back at home in Greenville almost.
0: I have pictures of me and my in my cap and gown out front of O'Cool's. That's how much I went to O'Cool's in college.
3: It um, was a that was a sad day when they played scores. R.
0: I. P. Wednesday <laughs> night single if, 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 The real ones know. The real ones no. Um, uh, but scooter, I mean, we're we're all hoping that ECU can can get through and, and win this conference tournament this weekend. Um now looking at it, is kind of right there on on the cut line on whether they're gonna host a regional, whether they're not. Do you think that there's any chance that if ECU doesn't win this conference tournament that they can still host?
3: I think there's a very small chance that could happen. Um, You know, I, I pretty much think they have to win the tournament to be able to do it. And even then it's going to be close. You know, you look at, you know, our quad one record right now, which is four and six, which is better than it was last season. But also this conference was a little bit better last season as well that's the one thing i think that's might that is going to prevent us from hosting if we do not is just because of this conference record right now because you look at you know i think the next highest rpi in our conference after us is maybe 90 or 100 um and so there's just there's just not anything in that in this conference that could boost you i mean last weekend at south florida i think we gained three points for all three wins of that series and so that right there shows that you know you're winning you're playing a road game and you're getting one point um you know that's one thing but that's one good thing about the american next year is with the teams coming in um you know you look at charlotte utsa florida atlantic those those teams are going to provide a a big rpi boost from a conference perspective and so hopefully in the future this is one problem that the american
1: will not have to deal with as much and Scooter, I do have another like, kind of fun, interesting question that I've always wondered, because I know, you know, Clark LeClaire is known for being one of the best venues in the country. Right. But what is another venue maybe within the conference that is little known? That's a great venue to go to where the fans kind of show up. They're kind of rabid. What, what would be that venue?
3: Um, I would say really Wichita State was probably my, and now that I've been to everywhere in the conference, Wichita State is probably my favorite one to go to. Um, obviously we did not play very well when we were in Wichita state this year. Uh, But that, that program, you know, I describe it. It's very similar in terms of support, like it is at East Carolina, that those fans love that program. They want it to be back where it was, where it was a national title contender back in the eighties and nineties. And that's one thing. I mean, you saw Lauren Hibbs got coach of the year this year in the American he played there. He wants to build that program back to what it was. And, you know, that, it, that stadium was huge. You know, you could tell that they built that stadium when that program was in its prime. Um, and that's probably the, the funnest trip that I would be on in terms of fan support. South Florida was not bad this past weekend. Um, mm-hmm. fan support really wasn't there, but stadium was nice. Um, UCF is another one. That's not a bad place. Stadium wise. Cincinnati is, Cincinnati is probably my second favorite when you look at stadiums. Um, Fan support was not quite there, but when you look at overall facility, that was probably my second favorite. Now, when you look at overall, since I've been doing this, Virginia Tech I think is the best one stadium wise that I've been to okay. so far. When you take out the the Meyer League parks and the neutral sites yeah. that we play at, I think Virginia Tech probably tops the list in terms of facilities.
1: Okay, well,
0: wow. yeah, the, the mm-hmm. thing about Virginia Tech is everything matches from from the football stadium to mm-hmm. their their basketball coliseum and the baseball stadium you you have all that great stonework um at at virginia tech it's honestly it is a very beautiful campus if if Mm -hmm. you get a chance to go to a game in blacksburg go it's honestly a great place to be um Mm -hmm. now scooter uh, i wanted to ask um i I think already asked something similar earlier but as far as game day rituals i mean I know one of the things that you'd like to do is eating breakfast with, with the team. Uh, mm-hmm. You tell a lot of stories on the broadcast about it. Uh, what's that like? I mean, coming, coming from, I mean, just two years ago, I mean, you, you were more of a, a normal student, but, but now that's no more.
3: Yeah. You know, that's, you know, I tell people all the time that that being around the team off the field and getting to know them on that level is one of the the biggest perks of this job. You know, like you said, eating breakfast with them, eating dinner with them after games, especially after wins is is so cool. You know, and, and like when we were in South Florida, I sat there at the same table with with all the coaching staff and had dinner with them after one game. And just hearing them talk about other games and, and joke around with each other is is stuff that your your casual fan is is not gonna see. Um and and like I said, getting to know the guys on a personal level. Like we went out the to lunch today and we walk in the restaurant and there's about 10 of the pitchers sitting there and they all call you by name when you walk in, wave to you and it's, it's cool that you know some of the best players in college baseball know who you are um, and, and that's just, it's such a cool perk of of this job
0: Awesome Now, let, and you, you don't have to go into specifics but um, who would you say is the, the most interesting guy on, on this ECU baseball team, you don't you don't have to tell too many stories. Any, any stories that you you're able to tell, you feel free to. I mean, we're, we don't want to get anybody in trouble, but um, let what, what what's it like? I mean, let let's hear about mm-hmm. some of these guys. Get tell us about their their personalities. Some of the more interesting guys on this team, I think you have to put
3: Ryan McChrystal at the top of the list. I can see that uh, that guy he gives me a fact about. Uh, he gives me a fact of the day before every game which some of them I just kind of turn my head and look at I like okay, that's an interesting one. He told me today that I'm, I have not heard it yet but he told me today that he has been working on a imperson, impersonation of my voice and that he's gonna be uh, doing that over the week this week. so I'm curious what's that gonna what it's gonna sound like. Uh, Carter Cunningham you know he's not really a character but he's a really good guy to talk to um you know post-game interviews he almost sounds like a coach sometimes but he's a he's a he is a funny dude off the field um some people probably saw the the zookeeper story that we had on the broadcast a couple of weeks ago he, he brought that up just uh he's he said i'd be a zookeeper if i wasn't playing baseball and it's like okay that's funny but uh uh yeah th- those two are probably interesting ones um yeah, you know, there's there's so many on this team. It's it's hard to narrow them down. But those two would probably be at the top of the list,
0: for sure. Well, Artie, Do you have any more questions? No, I didn't have anything else for Scooter. That's All, all right. Have. Well, Scooter, I have one last question. I, I know we've we've asked you the sub dogs question before, but I'm going to ask you another question um, that we've asked other two time guests. As far as like ECU goes, what is one moment in East Carolina history? If you could go back in time, get in a hot tub time machine and go watch live in person, what is that moment? Uh,
3: it, I was about probably two or three years old, but if I had to be there, it would be probably beating Marquette in Minji's with Dwayne nice. Wade.
0: That's that's a good one.
1: The D Wade yep. Marquette team. Yeah.
3: Yep, exactly. Being being there for those upsets, I would I would have loved to have been there for that. Now games that I've been to. Uh, probably going back to the Conference USA Championship in football in 2009. That's probably the the funnest game that I've been to in person with the the drenching rain that fell as Case Keenum was
0: defeated. <laughs> for You're sure. Welcome. Well, Scooter, thank you so much for giving us so much of your time. We really appreciate it. We'll uh maybe we'll link back up next week before regionals. Um, we'll we'll, we'll see what how everything shakes out, but. Uh, thanks so much for your time and, uh, hope you have a long week here, here in Clearwater, Florida and enjoy um, that beach. Enjoy Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, Scooter, thanks so much again. We appreciate it. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you, Jared. Once again, that was our interview with Scooter Rogers, play by play voice of rural East Carolina Pirates guys um we, we talked about the conference tournament everybody around Greenville everybody around East Carolina is talking right now what are our chances to host I, I think you've you've got to win out and you've got to win this tournament to, to host um to try to get that 15 16 seed um everybody's kind of got us all over the place um chance I'd, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are on uh on where you think ECU is gonna be after after this next week I think it all comes
2: down to the conference tournament. I think if we win in any capacity, I think there's a there's a regional in Greenville. Um, even if we don't win, I still feel like there's a shot. Well, there's a couple teams ahead of us that's, that's got really, really tough conference tournaments. So, I mean, unless they really make some noise in there, there's there's a good chance for us to slot up and still a host.
0: Not, not to mention there's a couple teams ahead of us that, I mean – in, in the general vicinity of, of East Carolina and in in the region, right? We're, I'm talking Duke Campbell, that even if they do get a one seed and ECU doesn't get that one seed, maybe they maybe they do give ECU the host and make them the two seed against a Duke team. Um but host it at Clark because Duke can't host. Yep. I mean all in all that, that might be one of the better Scenarios for ECU. Not a bad
1: thing to happen. I mean, you're not hosting, but you're hosting. Like that's that's. even if it was in Durham, it's probably still a host for us anyway. Honestly, Uh, yeah. I mean, we 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 that out too. So,
0: yeah, Arnie, your your thoughts, your your predictions for where we're at this time? Yeah, I mean.
1: I think you know. Right now, I, mean, I think the consensus is everybody has us as a two seed right now. Um, just looking at D one baseball, I think they got us in the Auburn regional. You know, as as a two seed in that in that Auburn regional. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think it all depends on winning out. I, I think, and yeah, I know I said I think I think we'll drop one, but if ECU can absolutely just run run them up through the conference tournament, not lose a game, I think there's a strong possibility uh, that we host. I don't think that we host. If e- I think we have to win the conference tournament, I'm not gonna say we can lose the conference tournament. And still host, I don't see that. Um, I still think we have to win the conference tournament to host. Um, but I absolutely think if we win out, we don't lose a game, and we win the conference tournament. Yeah, I think there's a very strong possibility um, that we host because as it sits right now, we're at worst a two seed. So.
0: Yeah, uh, and I, I see a lot of, I've seen a couple putting us in as the two seed in the Wake Forest regional. That that's some bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, you should lose any credentials that you have if you're putting East Carolina as the two-seed in the Wake Forest Regional. And Wake Forest would and, not be yeah. happy with that at all.
2: And that's how the NCAA has no, it, though. It's, and it shouldn't be. <laughs> it's like, it's a, gee, They're putting everybody in regions now instead of putting the best 16 ones get the host and then the best 16, you know, kind of like a snake order. It's not like that. You kind of get you, – you get – you know, if over, if there's a lot of really, really good baseball teams in your area and a sad thing for us is there's a lot of really good baseball teams in our area. It's a good and bad thing to have.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're talking, we're talking, I mean, UNC, you're talking Duke, you're talking Campbell, you're talking ECU, uh, Wake Forest, of course, South Carolina, uh, and we're all even within Clim- even two of
1: drive of each other.
0: So, um, and I, I don't know how Charlotte's fared this, this year, but I mean, all in all you're looking at a probably eight or nine teams in the North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee area that are honestly, you're probably looking at at least six of those teams that could host. Yep. So I, I think ECU we'll, we'll take whatever we get. Um, Best case scenario, though, I, I think ECU somehow gets in as the 14 seed, 15 seed. Um, and then by then you're you're playing with house money, right? I mean, earlier in the season, there, there was times where we were saying, I don't know if, if we'll even be able to make it this far or uh, make it to uh, be able to host. And once you do that, all you got to do is win. Just keep winning and uh, take care of business. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I think it is very important for EC to host though, because we've seen at times this year, this team struggled on the road. Um, so hopefully over the last couple of weeks, they've kind of put that to bed, but I, I think it, I think it's majorly important for this team to host. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. And the last couple of years, the one seed had, I mean, Tennessee didn't have the greatest time. Last year, and then, uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. This is going to be, I mean, college baseball is alive and well here in the Carolinas, and uh, I'm glad that our, our school, East Carolina, is firmly in the mix for one of the top programs in the state right now. So, uh, but moving on, moving along, um, ECU football got some transfers. Uh, just before we started recording, we, we saw that. Kansas wide receiver Keelan Robinson commits to ECU, uh, 6'2", 207 pounds, redshirt sophomore. I think he played in like three games last year and uh, had two solo tackles against TCU. But, I mean, coming from Kansas, a a team that had its best year in probably program history last year coming into East Carolina, I I like to see that um, somebody that – has had chances to play at "quote unquote the higher at a higher level in the in the P5 but um chance your thoughts I mean I think it's
2: always good when you can add any kind of any kind of depth any any way you can take it we've had a couple guys leave the program or decommit because you know they didn't they didn't want to no smoke and I I think it's uh, a very good sign that this kids committing and with as, as many wide receiver transfers as we got and with the talent of wide receivers on this roster already, I think you can tell this kid wants to get in here and get better and become a good wide receiver.
0: Artie?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this is one of the better wide receiver programs in the country if you really look at it. I mean, you just look at the, the kind of guys that have come through this program. So, I mean, he's going to have to come in and work. We'll We'll see what he's got. We'll see what he's made of. Um, luckily for him, it it is wide open. You know, it is a wide open wide receiver room. You can come in and make your mark right away if that's really what you want to do, if you put your nose to the ground and work. Um, I will say this, Kansas had one of the weirdest years I've ever seen in a football program to be six and zero at one point in the top twenty-five, and then you lose your last six games. <laughs> so I mean that was wild. Um, but I mean we'll we'll see. I mean, like like I said, the wide receiver room is wide open at you know, with a program that is notorious for having really really good wide receivers,
0: so we'll see. For sure, and then uh, special teams gets a little bit of a boost. Mississippi State transfer punter, Archer Trafford, 6'2", 240-pound, Richard, sophomore, um, transferring in from Mississippi State. I mean, last year we, we talked at length about special teams for East Carolina. I think I, I think this coaching staff has kind of put a – hey, we really need to address what's going on, whether it's the punter, place kicker. Um, and I, I think this is one of those moves to try to to try to try sure up your special teams um, room. And I, I think, look, Luke Larson's a friend of the podcast. Love him to death. But we, we've said it time and time again. Already said it. Uh, what was it? Roughness sharpens diamonds or something. I don't
1: know. Pressure. <laughs> Pressure builds diamonds, Jared.
0: I, I don't know why I always want to say roughness.
2: Ruff, you don't get roughens.
0: I, I, I've brought up that I love that quote so much. I brought it up like the last three or four weeks.
1: Right, and you haven't gotten it right. Pressure builds diamonds.
0: Pressure builds diamonds. And, and yeah. hey, the Aussie's gonna have some pressure on him now.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is the uh, the the what is he forty-five-year-old granddad. That we, that we <laughs> he's, he's a friend 34.
0: of the podcast. We love him. We love him. Um, he'll, be th- he'll be 34 by next season, I'm pretty sure.
1: <laughs> and that's not bullshit, though. He actually probably will
0: be 34. Yeah. No, he I, I'm i pretty sure he's listed as 33 right now. <laughs> Isn't oh, he the man, oldest that's... FBS player right now? Uh, he he I
2: mean, was I've last year,
1: something. so yeah. He's got to be, yeah. He's got to mean, The man's almost 35 years old. He's got to be. <laughs>
0: With the quarterback in um, North Texas. Uh, North Texas.
2: He's old too. You know.
0: Y'all remember when? Uh, who was it? South Carolina State had that like fifty-five-year-old running back.
1: I oh yeah, that. no, it was like three. It was like three or that. four
0: years ago. South I ain't Carolina. Never heard of that. State, I'm pretty sure South Carolina State had like a fifty-five-year-old running back. I never saw the field. I can promise you that. Y'all keep talking. Let me look it up. That
1: would have been all over Sports Center for days. It was. it was. A Five-year-old running back touched the field for his for a college football program. I don't know. Get back. To I do
2: Was that? I do love the addition of this runner, though. I do love
1: it. We, we need it. We need competition. We have here it to. We is. It at all costs.
0: Here it is, Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas, 55-year-old running back from South Carolina State. This was, was
1: tw- filled, though.
0: this was in 2016. His son played for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> On Saturday afternoon, Joe Thomas fulfilled his lifelong dream of playing college football. 55-year-old who had, has practiced with South Carolina State for the better part of four seasons Carried the ball for three yards in the first quarter of the Bulldogs game. Well, it was one of those like,
1: things. Okay, you could have been real about it. Come on, Jared. I <laughs> you mean, mean he he's still
0: 55, already. <laughs> like,
1: come on. You, had, you was talking to me like he was actually on the roster. Like, I, I, actually, like, I, I he mean, he was on again. the he actually roster. practicing every he really single day out. in the trenches. <laughs> he
0: was, he was practicing out. with them. Practicing with them. Okay. All, all I'm saying is, I mean – it's it's a pretty cool, pretty cool deal. Hey, yeah. at least I knew that it had happened. Come on, give me, give me yeah. credit for that. At least I knew yeah. that that was a thing. Let me beat there. <laughs> Joe Thomas. I'm not holding my breath on special teams,
1: though. That's that's the last thing I'll say about that. We just gonna have to see with the special teams. We'll see what this coaching staff has cooked up.
0: Trying to find out any more information I can about Joe Thomas. We don't care about Joe
1: Thomas, bro. We can move off Joe Thomas.
0: Already, Joe Thomas looks like how you're going to look in about 30 years.
1: Well, he must be a very good looking man. We,
0: we care about Archer. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's r- start wrapping it up. Uh, walk the plank. Y'all have a walk the plank?
1: Oh, dude, I might have one by the, by the time y'all are done. Y'all go ahead.
0: Chance?
2: I don't remember. I feel like I did, but now I can't remember. Oh, It's going to come to me.
0: Um, It's not good. I'll probably say mine is – Look, as a fan of a hockey team that has had so many jokes made about it for being in the South and not knowing hockey and not having fans, the whole deal with the Arizona Coyotes where –
1: this is like third time you brought
0: this up. Did I talk about this last week? Just, no, you it's just not, like official
2: months
0: ago. But it's like this is What's official, that? official though. Yeah, like this is official. They voted last week on new arena, on like a new arena in Arizona. And it failed. And the NHL is gonna do whatever they can to keep a, a team there after doing all that they could multiple times now. To keep team to keep, to keep the team there, and honestly, I mean it just shows there's no support for this team. They can't even sell out the 5,000 seats that they have in a college hockey arena. So all I'm gonna say is move the damn team. Move. I don't care if you move them to damn uh, Arkansas. Move the damn team. I'm sorry, like move the team the. the it's, it's best for everybody. Nobody wants to see the, the shit show that it is of hockey in, in the desert. I, I know a lot of Hurricanes fans that are very sensitive online who say, oh, we shouldn't talk about that. We were there a couple years ago. Yeah, we were there a couple years ago, and nobody was trying to save us. Nobody was trying to save us. So, um, honestly, at the end of the day, screw them. Hurricanes have no, were the number two team in attendance this year. Screw them. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Coyotes, NHL, walk the damn plank.
1: I will. I will say I, I do have one just because I want to pick on them, um, and that's Boston sports as as a whole. Your teams are really shit in the bed right now. Like they they really are letting you down. And as someone that is not from Boston, it makes me very happy to know they're miserable sports fans right now. Your Bruins let you down. Your Celtics are losing to the number eight seed. They're going to get swept by Jimmy Timothy Butler. Um your Patriots the dynasty is over and the Red Sox they'll be back at some point but it won't be this year so Boston sports you guys are just awful and i love to see it all y'all can walk the plank
0: tell Phil about Philly sports walk the plank Izzy
1: <laughs> no <it's> terrible <laughs>
0: it hit that, me that's now for that's your last call.
2: week figured it go out go ahead Chance it's the University of Campbell. <laughs> you can't host a regional. You, you're this good. You've worked this hard. Coach Harris worked this hard, and you're not even going to be able to get a host in Bowie's Creek. They've already submitted their, their ticket, and if they host, it's going to be at the uh, stadium in Fayetteville.
0: Mm. Terrible.
2: They can hold, like, I mean,
0: why, why even – so? Why even submit a ticket? Like, why even submit a ticket then? Because for shits and giggles, man. Why not? Like, why not? Like, my my thing is in, in, is my my thing is is you've got teams that are local, more or locally around you that can host on their home site. You're not going to probably get that big of a draw because let's be honest, Campbell doesn't have any fans. Sorry about it. Like their
2: most crowd was ECU. And we know how well we travel. So yeah. you probably split that ballpark 50 50, if not more,
0: in purple and gold. I mean, I, I would have said probably about 60 40 ECU. And yeah, I mean, we did the same thing at Duke. Sorry about it. Yep. I mean, we, <laughs> ECU travels. So you could put us at any regional in. North Carolina or South Carolina, and we're gonna we're gonna sell our allotment, and we're gonna be loud. Um, oh. But yeah, Campbell. I'm sorry. Yeah, that that sucks to suck. I don't know. Maybe have a fan yeah, base that cares. Maybe don't be in the middle of nowhere, um, Bowie's Creek, I mean, North look, Carolina.
2: We've seen other schools that bring in bleachers so that they can fit the regional host requirements. Right. But Campbell's so small, they don't matter how many bleachers they bring in; they can't host.
0: I mean, they're glorified a glorified high school thing. field, kind of like App State's a glorified high school football field. Campbell, glorified a high school baseball stadium, just like Duke. Duke's the same way.
2: Yeah, like why even have Duke, they're, they're, they're a home field? Baseball like, or
0: Duke, Duke. Both.
1: Well, I mean, if 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 Duke fans actually showed up, they actually have a. Quality stadium like football stadium, they they just don't show up. Like you could but it looks like like a high school football stadium. You feel like forty thousand in that place. They just don't show up. Can you blame them? Can they? Yeah, I've I've been there a few times. It's not that small of a stadium. You can fit forty k in there. They just don't show up.
2: I don't know. That's that's just mine. Like I, I hate it for the real Campbell fans that's been there and waited it out. That you don't get to go back to your home ballpark for one more weekend and have that regional experience that you're going to be tucked up in some, you know, some bleachers behind home plate. This is not the same.
0: No, college baseball thrives when when you have rabid fan bases hosting regionals. They just do. When you see their tradition, look, Campbell has an opportunity to build tradition. But... They're, they're where ECU was probably 25, 30 years long ago. long time ago. When, when yep. ECU was hosting in, in Kinston and Wilson and wherever else, that's right. that's where Campbell is now. And it's going to take a lot of money and a lot of uh, – yeah, it's going to take a lot of money to really get them to where they need to be. A lot of money that I know they have. I mean, yeah, they put a the They got the money. Campbell has plenty of money. Are they just willing to spend it to to better their their baseball stadium, and that out of all their programs is probably the program that deserves it the most. And their football team's pretty damn good.
2: So, it uh, the number one FCS recruiting class the past yeah. two years now. I mean, you, that's that's big time for the fighting camels that got smoked around in Dowdy.
0: That was one of the best graphics I've ever seen. Smoked them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> smoked them.
0: Uh, Well, that's all I got, guys. Y'all got anything else? Yeah.
1: No. Nope. I got nothing else to add. Good episode. Right.
2: Love talking with Scooter.
0: Canes better not yeah. love tonight. I'm saying. Hurricanes, as much as I've shit on them for the last two days on, t- on Twitter – Hurricanes win the next two. Get this thing back to Raleigh. Uh, win it in seven. Six. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: okay. I don't care. I've said Nuggets in five. Lakers win tonight. So, yeah, mm.
1: that is true. You just say Nuggets in
2: five. Yep. I also said Canes in five. So, I mean, <laughs> like I did you win say it, Canes win. in
0: six. Yep. Hmm.
2: I need Ajo to wake up and play hockey, quit just playing skate.
0: Hey, I mean, you've run into one of the best goalies in the league at the when he's, like, the hottest he's been in, like, three years. The, his stats right now After are years, insane. It's making me so I mean, mad. He, he's showing why he's years, a $10 million dude. goalie right now. Um, But, well, yeah. He
2: won't a $10 million goalie regular season. I can tell you that much.
0: Oh, no, he lost his job to the Hurricanes' fourth goalie from last year. So, um, yeah. That's terrible. Go Canes! He's up now. Shut up, Artie. I'm just
2: um, saying. Dude. The Blackhawks, man, they are killing it in the playoffs right now. <laughs> I deserve that.
0: Uh, yeah, go Canes! Make sure you subscribe on on YouTube. Give us a follow on social media at Boneyard Podcast. Leave us a five star review. If you don't, walk the damn plank. Uh, that's all I got, Artie. Say the damn thing. Let's get out hey. of here.
1: Wash your hands, wash your butts, folks. Pirate Nation, until next week. We love y'all. Deuce. Peace.